Gut. Okay, ich bin auch noch gar nicht so fit. Warte. Mother made me mash my M&M's. Oh my. <lacht> Did you get that? I'm so also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back to a new episode of Understanding Train Station. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Josh. My name is Feli, and I'm wearing an Understanding Train Station t-shirt today. It says I only understand train station. Um, these are available in my shop that I um, published a few days ago. Wait, I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, a few days ago. Um, and there's a whole Understanding Train Station tab up there. So if you just go to the shop, I'm going to put the link in the description box below. It's feelyfromgermany.com. If you just go to the shop, there's going to be the Understanding Train Station tab. And if you want to buy either a T-shirt that says I only understand train station or a coffee mug... It looks If like you're watching this. on YouTube, you can see the coffee mug. If you're yes. just listening, Feli is currently holding a coffee mug that says, I need some coffee. I only understand train station. And then it has a picture of our beautiful faces on it. <laughs> Thanks for the description, Josh. I really appreciate it. I feel <laughs> like I work out. I, I feel like I'm, I'm working at Antiques Roadshow. Like, do you know what Antiques Roadshow is? No. <laughs> There's a German version of it. The guy with the, the schnauzer. Um, and they, they look at old things. Like, it's like an antique... You know so what it's I'm a TV about? show? Yeah, it's a TV no. show. No, I'm pretty sure there's a German version it. of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there is. I probably yeah. just never saw it. Um, but yeah, and then we also have stickers just with our logo, and then also that say I only understand. I I can't talk. I only understand train station. So if you guys want to check out those, you can do that in the shop. But today we're talking about a very different topic. Actually, you can kind of combine that because sometimes. It has to do with only understanding train station. We're trying to talk today about having different personalities when speaking different languages. So yes. how it comes that people who are bilingual sometimes say that they have two different or several different mm -hmm. personalities, which I always say that about myself. What about you, yeah. Josh? I, I The interesting thing with this topic is I feel like my opinion on it has started like has changed over time. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely felt like, especially when I was living back in the U.S. and hanging out with my German friends, that I had a different personality. Mm -hmm. But I, and we'll get into this later on the, in the episode, but I feel like now that I constantly switch back and forth all the time, my personalities are starting to merge or I don't necessarily mm -hmm. notice as big of a difference, which I think is probably a pretty common experience for a lot of people. But um, yeah, we're going to get into it. So I'm excited to kind of take this topic apart and hear some more about your your thoughts on it. Like we were saying in the previous episode, we both really enjoy these type of conversations because these aren't necessarily conversations that you have with your friends on a normal basis. So Yeah. Yeah, we've like talked about this topic here and there and I think different episodes before. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, oh, we should like have a full dedicated episode on this topic. So that's going to be today. But before we get into this, uh, let's talk about today's sponsor, Lingoda. Lingoda is an online language school. Um, they're actually based in Berlin, Germany. They were founded in 2013. And you probably already know about them if you listen to our podcast every now and then because we uh, have been working together with them before and we've been working together with them in the last episode too. So we're very glad to have them as a sponsor again today because they have their Lingoda Sprint coming up again in August. It starts on August 2nd and you can sign up by July 16th. And the cool thing about the Sprint is that it basically 
basically is this little program where together with other people, you're going to be uh, learning a language very intensely for three months. And if you attend all of the classes that you agree on in the beginning, um, you'll get a 50% cashback in the end. Yeah. And I think one really cool thing about the program is that it really keeps you on track with improving your language skills. They talk about how you can go from being able to have small talk to having real conversations. And I know for me, like with French that I've just recently started trying to get better at, it's like you feel so constricted sometimes in the things that you want to say. But I think through the consistency that this program offers, um, I could really see how it can take your level from really just basic to being able to have decent, normal conversations. So personally, I'm looking forward to it because I think I'm going to jump in on a French one and give it a try as well. Yeah, I was just going to ask if you decided on that. For I, sure. I haven't officially I haven't officially said it, but I think I'm going to do it. Okay, that's that's very impressive actually because then you're going to be fluent in obviously English, German, Spanish, and then also probably French knowing you once you like take on a new language, your goal is to be fluent in the end. So Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, they offer classes in English, German, French, Spanish, and business English for all of you who need English at work. That could be very helpful. And if you look at the website, it's pretty cool because it's super flexible. You can, first of all, pick your language, of course, and then you can pick the level that you're at. So if you're a beginner or you're an advanced learner, and then you can also pick your preferred times like the time frames and also the weekdays that work best for you and then it'll show you the different class titles which is really cool I think because for example what I'm seeing here for German right now it says furniture my body um, at the mall but then there's also just grammar lessons where it says processive pronouns for example and it'll show you exactly what the focus is on in that lesson like if it's a vocabulary focus or a speaking focus and it also shows you who the teacher is which the cool thing is is that all teachers are native speakers. I think one thing that's a real highlight about this program is those flexible learning hours and the small group classes. That's something that really excites me because I, I like to ask questions. That's one thing that in normal classes, I'm um, kind of the annoying one in the class because I ask a lot of questions. And when you're in a small group, I think that's a lot easier. Um, so that's definitely a huge benefit of this program as well. So like I mentioned, I'm probably going to sign up for the sprint, which is 15 classes a month for three months. And if you complete that, you get 50% cash back. For all of you overachievers out there, there's also the super sprint in which you have to attend 30 classes a month for three months and you get 50% back at the end of that if you attend all of your classes. Make sure that you guys check out the T's and C's, the terms and conditions of these two plans to make sure you understand what you're signing up for before you do so. But it's a great motivating factor and they're both really well-respected plans. And on top of that, of course, you can also save some money with us because we have a discount code for you guys, which is FAST47. And with that code, you'll be able to save 20 euros, which is $25 on the deposit that you'll have to pay when you sign up. And usually the deposit is 49 euros or $59. So make sure to check out the link in the info box below. Click on that to sign up and then use our discount code FAST47. I'm personally really excited for this topic this week, especially like with different personalities. Like I said, when I first started learning German and even when I was pretty fluent, I definitely felt like I had a stronger personality and like there were certain aspects that were definitely more present in my in the way I carried myself when I was speaking German as opposed to English. And I think I even mentioned in a previous episode, like I almost felt like I was speaking from a different part of my brain. Mm -hmm. um, but as time has gone on, I feel less and less of that. So yeah, um, yeah. Do you, how do you relate to that, Feely? Um, yeah, I would agree with that, actually. And like over time, as you said, like over time, 
my two personalities have kind of come closer together in a way, even though I do want to say that the longer I am in Germany, so whenever I spend like four or five weeks at a time in Germany, I do feel like it kind of, uh, what's the opposite of merge? They go their separate ways? Yeah, they go their separate ways again a uh -huh. little bit. Like, um, And I think it's just because it's, and there's a lot of articles about this too, but I think we just also can just agree to this from our personal experience. It's not just having different personalities in the different languages, but it's also, it has a very close connection to the different cultures. So mm -hmm. the longer I am in Germany, the more I kind of adapt again to the German culture. Um, and then like this part of my American personality, if you will, that I usually carry over to my German speaking self kind of gets lost again a little bit because mm -hmm. I just become more and more my my old German self, my like who, you know, that used to be my only personality back I in was the gonna, day. I was going to say the real Faley, but I feel like even <laughs> saying like the real Faley or the real Josh isn't really true because the way that we are just in that current moment is our true selves, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I, t I totally agree. Like when I go back to the US, even for just a week, like, and I'm only speaking English, it's it's very easy for me to kind of like go back completely to the American version of me, if you will, the quote-unquote mm -hmm. American version of me. Um, and I, I wonder if that has to do with the fact that both of us learned our second language earlier on in life and didn't necessarily grow up like biculturally. Um, and I wonder if someone who grew up with two different cultures speaking two different languages from like the get-go would have a different perception on the topic. But I definitely think it has to do with the fact that it's easier for me to slide back into the American version of myself because that's the part that's really anchored deep down inside of me and the German mm -hmm. came later on in life. Mm -hmm. The thing is for me though, I don't have that same experience. I feel like I I find it just as easy to slide into my American personality as into mm -hmm. my German personality. Mm -hmm. um, and I also feel like the going back to your um, note that you said about the different parts of your brain when you said that I totally felt like this might have to do with me kind of losing my German skills when I'm here for too long I kind of feel like there's like different modes in my brain right mm -hmm. like the different personalities are closely connected to which like whenever we talk about different personalities it's not like we're actually like we have two different personalities inside of us it's more like it kind of feels like it. we kind of mm -hmm. act or behave different sometimes but when I switch I also feel like I like my language skills switch with it. So what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say here is I feel like when I'm in the U.S. for a long time and I don't speak a lot of German because I just don't happen to hang out with a lot of my German friends here. And then I talk to my family or friends in Germany. I sometimes like don't like I kind of forget how to switch Mm -hmm. like everything in my brain so I kind of just stay in my American personality and I feel like those are the situations when I sound like a really dumb person <laughs> looking for words in my native language like those are the situations where I'm like trying to tell a story in German to my family and I'm mm -hmm. just constantly looking for words and the only words that come to mind are English or like the yeah. sentence structures that I'm trying to use are English sentence structures and I hate that when it happens yeah. because it makes me feel so just dumb and kind of like even pretentious in a way, like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I don't know how to speak German anymore. <laughs> but I feel like it just happens because I can't find the switch in my brain for mm -hmm. some reason. Yeah, yeah, today at work, I was actually writing an email and I like... Oh, now we get the... We can put that in the podcast, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. So German <laughs> sirens sound very different than American very sirens. Very different. <laughs> and they're very loud. The ambulance... Mm. I was on the street the other day. The ambulance was so loud. I had to plug my ears. I never have to plug my ears in the U.S. Really? Different topic, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was at work today, and I was trying to write an email in English, mm 
And it was so hard. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, like I write, I write English all the time. I speak English in, in my apartment um, mostly and like with my family, like I, I text in English a decent amount, but there's a different right. register when you're writing a professional email. And yeah. I was writing it like it was German. And I was like, this is so bad having to move things around. But that doesn't so, necessarily have to do with personality. Yeah. Um, no, but I feel like the language and the personality thing are pretty close connected to me. But maybe let's maybe talk about what would you say are your German slash American personalities? And that's exact. that's kind of what I wanted to ask you yeah. too. I was going to say, do you perceive me differently in German as opposed to English? It's so hard because with you, I've this is the only way that I know you. I only yeah. know you with both languages. So I'm trying to think right now. Um, honestly, um, I feel like you are able to bring a lot of your American traits over to your German personality mm -hmm. more than native Germans are able to do that, I feel like. So I feel like you're very friendly in German still and you're very good at small talk and those kind mm -hmm. of things. Um, so no, actually, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint what your American and what your German personalities okay. are. Yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering because I asked this question to my previous flatmates. You guys have met Clemens. Um, mm -hmm. And I asked the other roommates as well because for three months there, we only spoke German. Mm -hmm. And then I moved apartments and became friends with more English-speaking people. And now we speak more English with each other. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, that was a question I asked them as well as, do I seem different to you now that you're hearing me speak my native language or speaking English And they said pretty much the same thing as you as no. I mean, you, you still convey a lot of like your yourself, quote unquote, I guess your mm -hmm. American self when mm -hmm. you're speaking German as well. So it just, it just was an interesting question, I thought. Well, what would you say are the differences for yourself? Oh, that's a hard question. Because sometimes like it I, might be things that you're like more feeling and that other people can't really pick up on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, and this was kind of one of the the points that I had written down in preparation for this episode as well, is I think there's a direct correlation as well with it, German not being my native language and sometimes mm -hmm. me feeling, um, <laughs> of course, the German word is coming to um, mind before the English one, beschränkt. <laughs> yeah. Like limited. kind of conf limited or confined in the way that mm -hmm. I can I, I can express myself, which I can still express myself. So I, it probably doesn't come across that way that I feel confined, but that's definitely something that I feel. So I almost feel more reserved when I'm speaking German because mm -hmm. I have fewer tools to express myself. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm more direct in German. I think that would definitely be be a trait of my German self, but I'm, I'm still pretty direct. And the American Josh is pretty direct too. I mean, yeah. I'm not afraid at a restaurant <laughs> and maybe sometimes a little Karen um, <laughs> to, to ask for for a discount or if, if service was bad to ask about like what can we do here or I would never do that in Germany but in the US um, really yeah honestly like in Germany you could like totally ask that wouldn't be an issue yeah. they just wouldn't do it for you <laughs> exactly and that's why that's what I know so I don't even bother asking yeah um, um, by the way for all of our listeners who aren't familiar with like kind of like internet culture terms, like mm -hmm. I'm a little Karen. I just want to explain that to those people who were like, what kind of English word was he using there? Um, he's just like yeah. using that name, Karen, for like a, I don't know, middle-aged woman that has kind of become the archetype of, of, yeah. Yeah, of, yeah, what exactly? Of like a complaining, like suburban mom type? Yeah, like very a woman. demanding, high standards yeah. and um, almost like Mechanelf home niveau. <laughs> 
Yeah, so like the typical Karen will always ask for the manager at a store yeah. or at the restaurant to complain about things. But that's just a side note. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so is that everything you would say about your different personalities? Let me think. I think the other main thing, and like I said, I don't feel a huge difference between the two nowadays. Um, but for a while there, I was trying to be more German. So I was definitely like quieter and more reserved is kind of just was my perception of how Germans tend to be in mm -hmm. public, especially. Wait, um, you were trying to be more German when you were in Germany or in the mm -hmm. U.S.? Okay, yeah, when I, was in, okay. when I was in Germany, like trying to okay. fit in more. And okay. like now it's kind of just I am who I am. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously I try to fit and follow the rules and also cultural norms. But within doing so, I still feel very much like my normal self. So mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's as much of a difference as there used to be. But I, I definitely know that like the older Josh would have been, like the previous Josh would have been more reserved and like try to be more refined. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. I actually took some notes for my personality because I also like I had to like think about it for a second. Well, let me I'm, let me I, I, before you get into your notes. Yeah. I'm trying to think, do I notice a difference oh, yeah, in your yeah. personality? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. um, Do I notice a difference in your personality? I don't think so. I, I think you're very <laughs> consistent. But like, like you said with me, I've only known you when you're constantly switching back and forth. So I've gotten to know both sides of you at the same time. And oftentimes, I almost forget which version, like, quote unquote, which version of failure I'm speaking with, because sometimes I forget what language we were speaking in when yeah. you were telling a certain story. So they're very mixed together in my yeah. mind. So I don't notice a huge difference because I've yeah. gotten to know both of you. <laughs> both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we both like you very much. Um, no, I feel like that's that's true. Like you and I might not be the right people to ask this question, actually. It might be more mm -hmm. like a question that we could ask our old friends, like, for you, like your American friends, your American mm -hmm. family, and for me, like my German friends and family, if they could like see a difference compared to how I used to be kind of, or like just when they do hear me speaking English, which for in my situation, that's actually possible to ask them because yeah. almost every German understands English at least. So even though they wouldn't maybe pick up on all the little cultural things that are in there, they would at mm -hmm. least like hear the words that I say and like hear if I sound any different anymore you know, outgoing or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, if I go into my notes, that's kind of what I wrote down. Like overall, I would say, and as I said, I feel like this is sometimes more a thing that you perceive yourself more than other people seeing that in you. Like I mm -hmm. personally just feel more outgoing when I speak English. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that would be the case. I'm trying to think of a situation, but I would argue that's also the case when I speak English in Germany. So even when I'm like in that other environment in Germany, I think as soon as I switch to English, my American personality kind of mm -hmm. comes out, which like, of course, for me, English is directly connected to the American culture. For other people, yeah. that would be a different uh, story. I don't know how, what it's like for people that speak another language and have, for example, lived in both the UK and the US or like even like maybe Australia or like mm -hmm. several countries where that language is spoken. I don't know how that would work for them with the yeah. culture aspect. But for me, one culture is assigned to one language. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm more outgoing. More, I'm way better at small talk. And mm -hmm. I feel like that has a lot to do with just the language or like the words that the language provides. So in German, I just feel like 
a lot of the things that I would say in English seem very, very odd when I say them in German words. So, mm -hmm. for example, even if it's just like things like positive affirmation in English that Americans do all the time, like, oh, this is awesome. I'm so happy for mm -hmm. you. That's so cool. When I say that in German, it almost sounds sarcastic. Like, yeah. I can't bring it across in a serious way, like that I actually mean it. Because when I just mm -hmm. say, ah, das ist ja mega cool, um, <laughs> it's really tricky. Like, it's yeah. possible to say it, but it's really tricky to say it like that. Um, or awesome. I don't even know how I would translate awesome. Like, Super. <laughs> like you should, I don't know. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, guy would probably be the better, but yeah. it's it's always just like not just one notch down. I feel like it's several notches down uh -huh. in German. And I feel like we've talked about this example before. For example, when someone does something nice to you, for you in an everyday mm -hmm. situation, like you want to say thank you to someone, to the bus driver, to the cashier, just something, you know? In English, it's very um, common in the U.S. at least to say thank you or thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I really like that part of the American culture because I feel like we don't do that a lot in Germany slash in German. And I feel like that just makes your day so much nicer when other people appreciate you and tell mm -hmm. you that too. Um, and in German, it's really hard for me to do that. Like the first time I came back to Germany, I kind of tried to keep all these parts about the culture and keep doing them. But when you're like at the bakery, um, you can say, have a nice day, like, schönen Tag. But mm -hmm. every time you say it in German, it's like so much shorter. Yeah. Or if you just say, if you just want to say thank you to someone, vielen Dank. Das finde ich wirklich, oder das war wirklich nett von Ihnen. Like, that was really nice of yeah. you. It just seems so odd. Like, the other person is mm -hmm. going to be like, yo, what's wrong with you? I feel like the only appropriate thing to really do in German is saying danke or like danke echt net or you just you can't put this in a lot of kind words without sounding weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think one thing like one of my perceptions, though, and maybe it has to do with my personality as well, depending on what language I'm speaking in. But I tend to be I don't want to say insincere because it's not it's not insincerity. It's and we, you touched on this as well personality we're, what we're calling personality is also just our cultural selves in the yeah. different culture yes um so i don't want to say insincerity because i don't want to say that americans are insincere but i definitely feel like i speak over the top and exaggerate a lot more yeah. when i speak speak english yeah. um and that's definitely a different difference in in my german and my american personality i mean i still exaggerate in german but i don't feel like Like I don't raise my voice like five five octaves. Like that mm -hmm. that's one thing when I went back to the US last time that really stood out to me is like every time I was at like a cash register or at a restaurant, like everyone talks in like this fake voice. Like I'm like, there's no way that you actually talk like this. Like can we just like <laughs> calm it down a bit and just have a normal voice. And that's one thing that I pr appreciate about here is you just feel like everyone's a little more calm and just kind of being a, maybe more authentic. Yeah, you like, sound super German right now saying that about the Americans because that's like a very common complaint mm -hmm. by But, Europeans about Americans. Yeah, Exactly. And like I said, I don't want to say it's insincere because it's not. It's just part of the culture and right. they don't mean it insincerely. That's yeah. that's just the way it is. Um, and if you grow up doing that, you just learn that from that. Oh, that's the way that people talk with customers. Is, Hi, how right. are you doing today? Right. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that's different about my personality and also just I think probably for you as well yeah um, 
No, yeah. for sure. Like I, d I definitely do the same thing. In German, I just my voice stays a little bit more down. And even as I said, even if I do say "Danke" or "Mega geil," it's just like mm -hmm. "Voll cool," "Hey geil." Like, and in in English, it would probably be like, "Oh, that's so awesome! That's so cool! Yeah, we should totally do that." Um, <laughs> which also gets me to the next point, which I didn't even write down. But now that we're talking mm -hmm. about it, it comes to mind that for me. And this is probably why I really enjoy being in this country. This is probably one part of it. It's a lot easier for me, for example, to get enthusiastic in English mm -hmm. or to just be crazy and spontaneous in English, even though it shouldn't really have anything to do with the language, but it kind of does for me. Like, it just carries this this attitude, this way of living sometimes for me. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a major reason why I really like being here whenever I tell people, yeah, it's more like a cultural aspect This mm -hmm. has a lot to do with it. It's more like a, a personal cultural aspect, what, what the culture does with me personally and how I feel like it brings more of the positive parts of my personality out that yeah. the German culture for some reason doesn't really bring out in me. Mm -hmm. So I, I think yeah. that the it sounds like the culture pretty much, the American culture for you gives you the space to try out that, that part yeah. of your personality, Yes, mm -hmm. which makes sense. I'm trying to think if there's like a German equivalent for me of like, What what about the German culture? Yeah, I guess I would say for me, the equivalent would be being able to be more direct. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really appreciate that, like being honest with people and being direct and not beating around the bush. Like this is yeah. the way it is. Um, and that's something that I really value because I don't do well with people just kind of like, uh -huh, like I was already complaining about Americans. Um, so I really I appreciate the directness and just the. Like I, like I said, the authenticity I feel like I get from people here. Yeah. And in preparation, like for this 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 podcast episode too, I was doing some some quote unquote research. I'd hardly call it like intense research, but I came across this one proverb that I thought was really interesting. Um, apparently, it's a Czech proverb. So if you're from Czechoslovakia, or I almost said Czechoslovakia, um, if you're from the Czech Republic, please let us know if this is actually a thing. But uh, apparently, it's learn a new language and get a new soul. And I feel like that's that's a really cool cool way of formulating what we're both yeah. talking about. Yes, absolutely. Um, about the authenticity part, like that's funny that you say that, and this is like a really personal thing. But I actually get that um, as a compliment, kind of a lot. That whenever people get to know me better, like one of the words that they describe me as is very authentic, very mm -hmm. um, genuine, which I think is just for me is very normal. Because I think it's just the per the German culture part in me. I don't mm -hmm. even think it's necessarily just a personality trait. I think it's just yeah, it's the German in me is just authentic and genuine. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and I, I I can confirm that too. Like, and it still throws me off every once in a while because Germans are so direct, even in their friendships. Like, if you do something that I don't like, I will tell you. Mm -hmm. Like that's that that's the German mentality, and I'm not used to that from the U.S. at all. And it's 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 an interesting thing to observe from an outside perspective because from an American perspective, it seems so aggressive. Um, yeah. And the fact that people don't get insulted by the, the directness is, is, is just a, an interesting thing, like I said, for me to, to observe. And I also have learned then to grow thicker skin. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I would, that's something I would say too is different in my personalities between the two is, You can be a lot more direct with me in German, but if you're that direct with me in English, then we're going to have an issue. <laughs> yeah, because like it just, 
there is just this cultural aspect in the language too. So if you say something directly in English, it's just it sounds so much harder right away because in that language you're not used to hearing these things that directly. Mm -hmm. Just like how in German, if I went over the top, it would sound insincere just because those yeah. words aren't usually used in that language. Yeah, I agree. It's the same for me, even though like I am still very direct um, in my personality, even in English, when people are very, very direct with me in English, which unfortunately I feel like when people do that in English or in the US at least, it's most of the time kind of passive aggressive still mm -hmm. like it's direct but it's like direct in a passive aggressive way and that i do not like at all <laughs> <laughs> like that really does not go well with me um i just had that the other day like i went to two different restaurants in one night um it was the night before memorial day which was a holiday and for some reason all the restaurants closed really early i kind of expected mm -hmm. them to be open longer and i just tried to get like a table somewhere i didn't have food at home anymore um And we went to two different restaurants and both hostesses, is that the plural hostesses, mm -hmm. uh, were kind of like just very rude. And the, the second one was really just like, um, yeah, we close at 10 for dine-in. It's just carry out now. I was like, oh, okay, um, can we still sit down? It was like 10.03 or something. Mm -hmm. Is it past 10? I was like, uh, it's 10.03. Yeah, so oh, then you can't anymore. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that, like that, but I, that's the thing is, I would expect a comment like that from a German. What, like the ten o three thing? Yeah, yeah, possible. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, that's I totally true. Get kind of mean. like the teacher kind of yeah, uh -huh. like that's what I Wait. like. That's what I would expect from the Beamten that helped me with my driver's license. Yeah, but the difference I feel like is that the American hostess kept her face like she was smiling yeah. and had her friendly voice, which tripped mm -hmm. me off even more. Like. If you want to be rude, just be rude with me straight yeah. up. But you don't have to pretend to be nice. Yeah, um, I'm not right. saying mm -hmm. that the other version is any better, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know um, what you mean. It's just different, yeah. But to go back to my notes, I think one other thing that I also wrote down was um, when you said about like the super like. Uh, did you say fakeness or did you say like superficiality? What did um, I say? Kind of like sincerity. Yeah, in, oh yeah, insincerity. Kind of that whole part of the American culture. I tend to make a lot more maybe plans. And by maybe mm -hmm. plans, I mean just, you know, with friends. And I'll be like, oh yeah, maybe I can hang out on the weekend. Or yeah, I might mm -hmm. be down to do a cookout Saturday night. Um, which is kind of common in American culture, at least for younger people. Whereas in German, even, even when I make plans with my German friends here in the U.S., I can't do that in German, in the German language. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know why. But whenever I speak German, I have to be specific about what's going on. I just can't do it any other way. I, I, had a, I, I just recently had a situation where um, someone invited me to do something, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to want to do it at that mm -hmm. point. So I just said, like, Shao mm -hmm. And they so were like... see, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they said, that means you're not going to be there. He said, you're an American, and every American that says that never shows up in that case. And I'm like, shoot, yeah, because I, do, I don't have, like, an excuse, so I can't say, hey, I'm doing something else, but I don't want to be rude and say, not really interested in doing that. Shall yeah, I? He didn't let me out of it. I was like, I probably won't be at this portion, but I'll be at the other portion. Okay. Well, I, I feel like in my experience, and obviously I'm just one German out of many Germans, but I feel like Germans overall kind of appreciate people just mm -hmm. being like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't think I'm in the mood for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But as, as an American, like I said, it's I can't be that. It, 
I, I can be direct in German, but not that direct. Yeah. Do you think you're going to get there at some point? Or do you think this is you've reached your limit of Germanization? <laughs> I think I'll get there. I, okay. I do. The more I see like people do that and then still stay friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think the more comfortable I'll get with it. Yeah. Um, I actually also did some research about this topic and I wrote out um, a few, like I copied and pasted a few um, quotes and things into a document here. And I thought it would be kind of interesting maybe to go through this. The first mm -hmm. thing being um, that a study has shown that nearly two thirds of all bilingual people that were asked in this study um, say that they feel like a different person when speaking different languages. So we're definitely not alone with this. Mm -hmm. It's a very common phenomenon. Um, another thing that I saw somewhere, now I have to go down here. Okay, another thing, and I'm going to link all the um, articles down below. I think I have stuff here from like three different articles. This one was in the Daily Mail from 2015. The next thing was from Hager Group on, on Medium from 2020. Don't really know what that website was, but it was a really interesting <laughs> article. <laughs> and it, uh, I'm just going to read from it because it said, If you're not familiar with this phenomenon, let me describe the most common symptoms for you, which... I thought it was interesting that he yeah. called it symptoms. Uh -huh. Many bilingual or multilingual people experience feeling different or acting different across the languages they can speak, including being funnier, being mm -hmm. more goal-oriented, having a different tone of voice or different body language and so on. For example, just two days ago, my mom confessed that her South Italian personality re-emerges when she speaks dialect rather than standard Italian. From an observer's point of view, I can testify she's right. Her South Italian personality includes shouting on the phone, talking a lot about family issues, laughing more, using more hand gestures. Even, even her tone of voice is slightly different. Similar mm -hmm. experiences have been reported even by people who speak one or more foreign languages. Contrary to bilinguals, in this case, the foreign language or foreign languages has been learned later in life and its mastery is not necessarily at the level of a native speaker. Nonetheless, some people do declare they feel like a slightly different person when switching to a second language. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all I wanted to read from this, but I thought it was really interesting, interesting, especially the being funnier thing too. Um, yeah. As you said earlier, just feeling confined in the second language. I didn't even say anything to that, but yes, I feel that too. People, yeah. especially my like close friends that I spend a lot of time with, they usually say, oh, no, you're, you can totally express yourself. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. but I know what's in my head and what comes out. There's a difference there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I just can't get it out as accurately as I could in German. Um, yeah. And same goes for being funny. It's just a do lot you, harder for me to be funny in English. Do you ever catch yourself being funny in English, but like, not, like you're, you like... What I'm thinking of is today at work, I, I made like a, a joke. Mm -hmm. um, someone was complaining and it was like in the morning and I said, oh, come on, you can't complain. Um, you're, not only, you're not allowed to complain until after lunch. Mm -hmm. And they said, why after lunch? And then I, because I said something along the lines of, because after lunch, you're allowed to want to go home. Okay. Not to Mittagspause darf man nach Hause wollen, is what I yeah. said. Uh -huh. And he thought it was like the funniest thing. And I don't think it was particularly funny, but like, I think... Sometimes I don't catch some of the humor that I might be putting out there, like because I was trying to make a like a just a stupid comment. Mm -hmm. um, but do you ever catch yourself being funny and like not realizing it when you speak English, like not making a mistake, but like 
I don't think so. Okay, but it's a, I feel it's a like complicated sometimes people question, laugh anyway. about what I say because it's more like not a mistake, but be, because I said something and I wasn't aware that that has some kind of pop culture mm-hmm. reference in it or something. But no, I don't think so. I've never. It doesn't happen to me that. often, but that, like that that just happened to me today, and that's why it was mm-hmm. at the top of my br- the that's top of my the top of my brain <laughs> on top on top of my mind <laughs> uh, on the top of. For goodness' sake. Now I don't know either, Josh. Now that you said all these different options, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one the right on one the is. On the top of my mind. Is it on the or off the top of my on the top of my mind? <laughs> I say don't something know. off the top of my Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna correct what, you. What would you say? Das hatte ich parat. Can you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 moving on from that. Moving, um, moving on no, from yeah. the jumble of Josh's brain. For me, I think it's more that like I want to make a joke and I know exactly what I'm trying to say. But in a lot of cases, my jokes are kind of just situation related. Mm-hmm. And I just want to use a certain lingo or a certain quote from a movie or something like that. And I can't really bring it out in English correctly. Yeah. So I, I'll say something along the lines. And it's really funny in my head because I know what I was going for with it. But it's just not as funny in yeah. English to the other people. Yeah. 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 And and like you said, I think it it's so much a personal thing too because you can make a joke and people will still laugh, but it's not the joke that you wanted to make necessarily, or didn't you didn't feel like you hit it the way that you would normally. Yeah, exactly. Um, what I also thought about was that when I hang out with German friends here in the U.S., even when like we, for example, we went on mm-hmm. vacation before together with an only German crew. So it was yeah. you and then just Germans. So the language of the vacation was German. And sometimes I felt like I kind of wanted to speak English because I was missing my American mm-hmm. self. <laughs> because, oh, definitely. And in this case, it really, it's it's so stupid to say that, but my American self is just sometimes more fun for, for me. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's more fun for the people around me, but it's more fun for me sometimes. It's just a little bit more. I'm not as critical also. That's also mm, a point mm-hmm. that comes to mind. I'm just a lot more easygoing. Maybe I allow myself to be a little bit more stupid <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I don't know. What does that say about the American culture? Crickets, yeah, crickets, I'm not trying crickets. to insult anyone, but I feel like like just like not thinking about the consequences as much. And I think this has to do with part of the German culture being that people are very critical with others, not just with themselves, Mm -hmm. but with others and actions of other people and judging a little bit too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in German, when I say certain things, I'm always kind of, because of that, I'm always kind of aware that people might judge me for what I say Mm -hmm. and criticize me afterwards and even tell me to my face afterwards. And I want to avoid that. But in English, I don't have that fear. I'm like, yeah, I can say whatever I want. Other people are just not going to care or they're going to only say positive things, if you know what I I mean. I definitely know what you mean. I think also like kind of for me, kind of like the, the, what that is to you, what, how would I phrase that? Counterpart maybe? Yes. Thank you. The counterpart for me of what you were just saying, I think is I tend to be more negative in German. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, like, how are you doing today? Passion. Mm-hmm. Like, or just like the way I see it, a situation tends to be more negative. Yeah. Um, which... Or I don't know if negative is necessarily the right word, maybe critical, um, kind of a mixture between the two, because there's definitely more negativity. I mean, that's right. just... I agree. Uh, I just agree. my perception. I have that same, have that same um, problem. I want to I call it a problem because I don't like it, but yeah. <laughs> I want to say it's a problem because, I, like I said, I think that there's definitely 
what can be perceived as negativity is oftentimes just criticism, which yeah. isn't necessarily, criticism isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, like I said, the counterpart for me. Yeah, I feel like that like criticism part for me, I like that I can turn it off in my American mm -hmm. personality, but I do feel that the German version or the German side inside of me kind of helps me. Like the, the two parts are kind of a really good combination is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think it's it the kind two of helps angels me. on your shoulder. Yeah, but I feel like other people don't have that. I just have that so deep inside of me, this criticism and this like, Germans would call it just being realistic. Germans like to say, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm just being realistic. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad idea. I'm just asking you if you're sure about what you're doing. And in a lot of cases, this like criticism from outside that's being brought into a person's life without really asking for it sometimes mm -hmm. can slow them down in their enthusiasm in trying new things, which I don't think that's a good part of German culture personally. That's my personal opinion. I really like that in the US, I feel like people encourage me to do new things and I'm not judged if something fails. But at the same time, I feel like the criticism inside of me, the German criticism, the German like always questioning in the back of my head, what's like the risk? Am I sure? Mm -hmm. This kind of helps me to be a little bit more um, responsible with my life just in general compared mm -hmm. to some other Americans that I know that I feel like it would good, be good for them maybe to have just a little bit of that inside of them. Mm -hmm. Not to a point where it slows them down, but to a point where just they just have that in the back of their minds kind of. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. And I think that's that's a really valid point. Yeah, I don't really have yeah. much more to say I just, on that. I just thought it was interesting how like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and this is just coming to mind for me as we speak, that the two personalities inside of me might actually be a really good combination just for mm -hmm. me as a person. For other people, that might be a different story. But for me, I think it's actually really good that I still have that inside of me. And I think it's healthy for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's a cool realization. Okay. So here's another quote that I wrote down from the same article that I quoted from before. It just says, why is it like that? Why... Do you switch back and forth? And it says, for bilingual and bicultural people, the two languages activate different internal cultural norms. And this was based on a study that they did where they had bilingual people that weren't bicultural. So bilingual people that just like only lived in the States, for example, but they also spoke Spanish. Um, but then they also had another group of bilingual people that were also bicultural in the sense that they had lived in two different countries before. Um, and Everything that we've talked about was really more the case for the bicultural people and not mm -hmm. so much for just the bilingual people. Like for the bi just bilingual people, personality didn't really change a whole lot whenever they switched. And then it mm -hmm. also said they changed their behavioral, cognitive and emotional response according to the cultural norms primed by the language mm -hmm. they're using in a specific moment. Makes perfect sense to me. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much just everything that we've described so far. It's just put into scientific words that your behavior, the way that you think also, and your emotions change according to the norms that are activated in your brain when you speak the other language, mm -hmm. which, yeah, as we said, being more negative would be like an emotion, for example, maybe being more grumpy even in a way. Um, yeah. I, I, I definitely see that with myself. I get annoyed a lot more easily when I'm in Germany. <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad because it, it sounds negative, but I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing. It's just different, and yeah, and there there are positive things about both personalities, and I, yeah. I really appreciate the fact that I have kind of the bits and pieces of both cultures, um, yeah, 
in who I am and the way that I present myself in the world. I, I agree. I actually have another uh, quick little story to tell. So yeah. I did this the, the first time I came back to Germany, but I keep doing it. Every time I go back to Germany, I kind of try to keep that part of my American self that I really like, like the friendliness and the politeness and the positivity. I try to keep that around, which doesn't usually uh, work out for very long. It usually works out for like a week or something. But I've been in so many situations at German stores where I would just go through the store and then Germans tend to get very close to you at the store and they will just go right in front of you, grab something from the shelf or something. And I do that too because at a lot of stores, especially in Munich, especially pre-COVID, it just gets really crowded and there's no mm -hmm. other way to get things other than doing that. But before that, I was just a regular German just doing it straight face, not looking at the person. Now I'm like, I always say, Entschuldigung, darf ich da mal kurz ran? Like I say like, excuse me, or even, and this is I think kind of Midwestern, even when just walking very close by mm -hmm. a person without even touching them, I'll say, excuse me, like Entschuldigung in German. <laughs> Because Midwesterners do that a lot. Yeah, like, they'll yeah. just be, excuse me, even though they didn't even touch you, nothing. Mm -hmm. Germans don't even say excuse me when they do touch you, when they do yeah. walk into you. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, so true. And the reactions that I get when I do that in German, in Germany, are really weird. Like, people will not appreciate it. They just look at me like I'm, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, They're yeah. like, and they don't even say What's... anything back. They just look at me, and they <laughs> probably think in their heads, like, oh, okay. And then they keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They think, like, and, who is... Who's this weird lady? Yeah. And then also what you said about having the thicker skin. I find that whenever I come back to Germany for like the first time, my skin's always a little thinner. So like mm -hmm. then that reaction kind of throws me off a little bit. It kind of ruins You got my soft in the US. Yeah, a little. I'm like, oh, wow, you didn't have to be like that. You could have just been nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of yeah, like yeah. a little kid. <laughs> just Completely be nice understood. to me. <laughs> It was funny today, too. I feel like they're getting a lot of stories. Our <laughs> listeners are getting a lot of stories from us and just part of our... It's cool because, I mean, our personal stories are really part of our personality, so it makes sense. Oh, yeah. But I was on the phone with my mom like while I was driving home from work today. I was I was on, talking to her on the phone and I got out of the car and I, I think I just was like American in my head. And I was like smiling at people on the sidewalk, like... I was like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be in Germany, straight face. Like, I can't just smile at strangers. But, like, I was having to resist the urge to smile. It's so weird. Yeah, because, like, your brain was just act activated the American personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, but, yeah, weird. that's definitely another aspect of my German personality is I don't smile as much, like, in public yeah. if I'm just yeah. walking by myself. Yeah. And I don't know if I've said this before. Because, like, we've already said so much. But uh, just in case I haven't said it, I'm really not as good at small talk in German. Like, small talk mm. in German is really hard. Even though I can do it in English now. And even when I talk to the same people, like, even if it's, like, bilingual people that I talk to, mm -hmm. as soon as I switch to German, I just feel really dumb doing it. It was... It's funny that you mentioned that because recently I was in a situation at work where there was a new person working with us and we were out at lunch and like just trying to get to know someone, you know, like you don't want to just talk like straight work, work, work. Yeah. At least the American self or my American self doesn't want to. And I was like trying yeah. to make small talk and it felt so uncomfortable because like people don't know how to like 
It's just, it's, it's just, it, they don't know how to respond. Like you get like yeah. a two, you get a two word answer and then you're like, oh, you were supposed to ask me a question after I ask you a question. Like that's how small talk works. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we got Germans... on the topic of like cultural comparisons of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, now we're into a more intense conversation and everyone's comfortable. Yeah. Germans like to skip the small talk and just go to the deep topics. And that's how I tend to be when I speak German because just because like, Small talk in German feels way too trivial. Trivial, Like, it's just hard mm -hmm. to bring it across. Just like I said about the, like, other words, like the thank you and the compliments parts. It's just really hard to do small talk seriously in German without mm -hmm. sounding sarcastic in or just yeah. weird. I don't know what the right <laughs> adjective would be to describe this, but it just doesn't sound sincere. It doesn't sound like you're actually interested in but what it, you're asking. <laughs> it must be so weird to hear, like, if you don't speak German or another language really and have experienced this phenomenon. And I want you guys to let us know like in the comments or write me an email because it would be really interesting to hear how you guys perceive what we're talking about because mm -hmm. I feel like it's such a unique and weird thing that if you don't, if you haven't experienced it yourself, it, it must be pretty hard to really understand what we're talking about when it comes to like how you can say the same words, but they don't have the same meaning. True. Um, and how words yeah. are just weighted differently. So yeah, let us know. Yeah, please put some comments in the comments below whether you have some experiences yourself too. I would be interested in that. I'm sure some of our listeners are bilingual, maybe multilingual, multicultural maybe. Mm -hmm. And then also, do you guys know people in your environment, like us, for example, um, like friends who are bilingual, who've maybe moved to different countries? And would you say that you observed a change in their personality or... Not so much. I always think that's really interesting, too. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add to this topic? Because otherwise, I think we also have a few questions to answer. I, I think I'm going to be very, very American with you. I feel, how are we feeling about moving on to these, these uh, <laughs> moving on to the questions? <laughs> I don't have yes. any other, I don't, <laughs> I don't have any other topics. Um, I love that. <laughs> yes, uh, let's do that. That sounds like a really good idea, Josh. <laughs> My roommates make fun of, made, actually made fun of me because I said that once, like we were trying to set something up in the living room and I was like, how do we feel about... Oh, it was a picture. One of the pictures wasn't hanging high enough in my opinion, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I walked in and I said, how are we feeling about the height of that picture? And they were like, do you mean that you want the picture to be higher? I was like, yeah. That's That would have been my question too. Because like, even though I've lived here for a few years now in the US, I still like when people say something like that, especially when they're close to me, um, mm. I just go that next step. And I'm like, so are you saying, is this what you're saying? Like, are you saying yeah. you want this to be different? Or when people ask me like, hey, do you, how do you feel about going shopping tomorrow? I'm like, are you asking me for me or for you? Because I don't need to go shopping, but I'm down to go shopping with you if you want to. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's my German well, response usually. <laughs> there you go. Well, with that, that little anecdote, let's jump into some questions. Okay. So the first question that we prepared for today's episode that um, one of you guys asked us, Robin235 on YouTube, is the friend slash acquaintance thing. In the early days of Facebook, I was always confused. Wait, is that a friend? Can I add that person? So I don't know what um, episode this was about. It says the comment is from two weeks ago. Do you remember? I think this was on the Samer episode. Okay. So the one with uh, our Mexican guest that we did in December. Exactly. Okay. I think, I, I don't know if I've actually told this anecdote. Um, maybe I have on, on the podcast before, but other, other, no matter what, it doesn't matter. 
as an American, if I know you, you're basically my friend. Like, at least I should say as a Midwesterner, like that's, that's mm-hmm. my, that's my go-to is if I have some sort of connection to you, um, I will refer to you as a, fr- as a friend when I'm telling a story about you. Um, and when I was living in Erfurt for my, my internship, um, I was hanging out with some Germans, like on a regular basis, like we were starting to become friends, quote, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just const- I would tell stories about my life in the U.S. And yeah, I have a friend who does this and I have a friend who does that. These people I maybe had met like once or twice, the ones I was talking about, but I was referring to them as as a friend. And one of the Germans looked at me and said, Josh, you have a lot of friends. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess probably not like friend, friend, more of an acquaintance. But the word acquaintance, I feel like, is very distancing in English. Yeah. Um, in German, the difference would be Freund or Freundin and Bekannter or Bekannte, which is mm-hmm. the uh, translation for acquaintance. And we do use that kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah. Ein Bekannter von mir. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, it, doesn't, it just it means doesn't someone feel like... I know, basically, is what that mm-hmm. means. Yeah. Exactly. And it does, to me, it doesn't feel distancing in German when you say that about someone. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are your feelings on the topic of friendship when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, same thing. When I talk about my friends or like people I know in English, I used to, I tend to just say, yeah, a friend of mine or a German friend of mine or mm-hmm. something like that. But whenever I switch to German, I... It's, it's in a lot of cases a lot more complicated to talk about those things then because Germans then want to know who this is specifically. And then I have to mm-hmm. be like, oh, like my friend's girlfriend's father or something like that. Yeah. Like they I can't just go like, oh, someone I know. They want to be like, yeah. oh, so who is this? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely don't refer to people as my Freund or Freundin in German unless they're really like close friends of mine. I would say like maybe the translation into German would be whenever an American would call them a close friend, they're considered mm-hmm. a friend in German maybe. A friend, that could yeah. Be, yeah. That could be mm-hmm. maybe a helpful way to look at it. I wonder if Robin is uh, is American or German or where, where, where they're from. Because um, it, it just would be, like I said, I feel like the way that you see the word friend is definitely... Um, culturally bound mm. and yeah That's the thing with facebook related to the culture the thing with facebook what they're saying too is definitely true i remember that when facebook was first a thing in germany of course like and it's still the case to this day they just translated everything into german literally and mm-hmm. it was just like freund hinzufügen or als freund hinzufügen was like yeah. the translation for ad friend and germans from the beginning criticized that a lot because they were like mm-hmm. They're not my friend, though. Like, I'm not friends with them. I know them. They're not my friend. I'll still add them on Facebook, but they're still not my friend. And it doesn't (laughs) seem right that my profile now says that I have 500 friends. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Uh, Whereas I've never really heard that criticism in the U.S. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So moving on to the next question, which is from K. Sta or Sta. Um, we're going to answer this question in German as well. Um, so we'll add subtitles if you're watching on YouTube. And then once we're done talking about our answer, we'll give you a quick summary in English. Um, but so is the, is college university or is there a difference? Also, is college university or gibt es einen Unterschied zwischen den beiden? Ja, ist es das Gleiche oder sind es zwei unterschiedliche Sachen? Josh, genau. Amerikaner, erklär ja. mal. <lacht> das muss ich dann erklären. Ja, also es, es sind tatsächlich in den USA zwei unterschiedliche Sachen. Ähm, also College, boah, das ist ja schwierig zu erklären, ähm, aber für mich in, in, in der alltäglichen Sprache wird ähm, das Wort College als Uni 
Also in der alltäglichen Sprache ist er eigentlich kein Unterschied. Genau, es gibt keinen Unterschied. Ja. Aber so in der Fachsprache gibt es schon. Also ich sage, dass ich zu College gegangen bin, aber das heißt, ich bin zur Uni gegangen, aber innerhalb einer Universität gibt es in der Regel verschiedene Colleges, also die, die Fakultäten, genau. mehr oder weniger, richtig? Genau. Ja. Ähm, das ist so der Hauptunterschied in den USA ähm, zwischen den zwei Begriffen, aber ich weiß zum Beispiel in England ähm, sind sie tatsächlich komplett zwei unterschiedliche Sachen und wenn du sagst, dass ich zu College gehe, heißt das nicht, dass du zu, zur Uni gehst. Mhm. Was, ja. was hast du dazu zu sagen? Also nee, ich würde es genauso sagen. Also in der Fachsprache, genau wie du gesagt hast, es gibt zum Beispiel hier an der University of Cincinnati, die University heißt, gibt es dann zum Beispiel ein College of Engineering. Das ist dann mhm. die Fakultät sozusagen auf Deutsch. Ähm, aber in der Alltagssprache, ganz genau wie du gesagt hast, sagen die meisten Leute, vor allem für den Bachelor, würde ich jetzt mal behaupten, nicht so sehr mhm. für die Degrees, die danach kommen, sagt man einfach, ja, yeah, I'm going to college or I, I attend The, this or like, I just, what are you doing in life? I go to college. So, genau. Genau, sagt man einfach so. Und da ist nicht wirklich ein Unterschied. Wenn ich mich nicht irre, ich glaube, in England ist es so, dass ein College eher so wie eine Berufsschule ist. So ein bisschen, das, ist es so Community College in den USA oder so Vocational School? Da oder? hätten wir den, den, den mm. Clemens fragen sollen, ne? Ja. Daran haben wir damals nicht gedacht, aber äh, falls ihr wisst, dann bitte schreibt in den, in den Kommentaren. Ja, genau. Also im Endeffekt, ähm, wenn Deutsche sind eigentlich meistens deswegen verwirrt, weil die Unis ja meistens University irgendwas heißen, die Leute dann aber mhm. trotzdem sagen, ich gehe zum College, aber dann gibt es trotzdem so Sachen wie Community College. Im genau. Endeffekt, ähm, in der Alltagssprache wird es einfach als Synonym verwendet. Ich glaube, das mhm. ist, beschreibt es am einfachsten. Und dann, wenn du dann mehr in die Details gehst, dann gibt es teilweise schon Unterschiede. Genau. Und okay. wie, wie gesagt, in jedem Land ist es anders. Genau. But Maybe switching to English, just explaining for those of you who aren't American and don't understand how the terminology is used in the U.S., um, college is just a general term that people use for hi higher education. So if you're going to a university, it's very common to say, I'm going to college. But the university itself is the technical term, I guess I would say. And within a university in the U.S., there tend to be various colleges. So the example that you were giving was the University of Cincinnati has the College of Engineering, the College of Business, the Co College of Arts and Sciences, and so on and so forth. I know in like the U.K. it's different, that college truly is something that's completely different. And the usage of college is completely different than university. Yeah. So basically, um, at the end of the day, in the U.S., in everyday language, the words are used interchangeably, but when you go more into detail, there is technically a difference. But when people say, I go to college, it literally just usually means they go to university. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so the next question, um, I think, comes from a German, Isabel. She says, hey guys, I enjoy the podcast very much. Thanks for taking the time to entertain us. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. You're very welcome. Um, both of you mentioned in previous episodes that you're musical or into music. So do you still, in brackets, play any instruments? Which ones? Greetings from the Ruhrpott, which Ruhrpott is uh, a region in West Germany. Western Germany, wanna... I should say. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to answer this one in German as well and do the same yes. thing. 
Oh yeah, I should äh, probably, uh, sorry, I should probably translate the question too into German. Ja, <lacht> um, yeah. Isabella hat erstmal gesagt, dass sie unseren Podcast ähm, sehr mag, ähm, hat sich für die Unterhaltung bedankt und hat gemeint, dass wir beide in vorherigen Episoden erwähnt haben, dass wir musikalisch sind oder Musik mögen und fragt deswegen, ob wir irgendwelche Instrumente spielen und wenn ja, welche. Und dann hat sie geschrieben, Grüße aus dem Ruhrpott. Äh, heutzutage spiele ich nicht mehr. Also ich finde das echt schade und das ist auch etwas, was ich gerne äh, aufnehmen würde beziehungsweise wieder machen würde. Ähm, aber damals in der Schule habe ich mit Trompete angefangen. Also Trompete kann ich noch spielen. Ich bin zwar momentan gar nicht gut, weil ich seit Jahren nicht gespielt habe, aber das habe ich sehr gern gespielt. Ähm, und ich glaube so in der, Zip in der siebten Klasse oder so habe ich angefangen ähm, Horn zu spielen. Ich habe immer Probleme bei diesem, bei diesem Wort, weil die es, ich habe irgendwie das Gefühl, dass French Horn, was wir auf Englisch sagen würden, ähm, im deutschen Sprachraum gar nicht verwendet wird. Also wenn mhm. ich französisches Horn, das ist der Horn. Ähm, das Horn. Ja, das Horn, ja klar. Mhm. Ähm, wenn ich französisches Horn sage, ähm, versteht man das nicht irgendwie. Nee, also man sagt wirklich einfach nur Horn. Das klingt echt genau. komisch. Genau, <lacht> ja. aber dann gibt es verschiedene, also die Leute stellen sich was, ich kann jetzt kein Deutsch, ähm, Warte mal. Aber wenn ich Horn sage, dann fragen mich echt viele so, hä, was hast du gespielt? Ich habe irgendwie mhm. das, das Gefühl, dass es nicht so bekannt ist irgendwie. Ja. Ähm, ich habe auch eine Weile äh, Kontrabass gespielt mhm. ähm, und ich, ich singe, also ich singe, seit ich klein bin. Mhm. Und das ist, was ich jetzt immer noch, also heutzutage mache, vor allem unter der Dusche. <lacht> ähm, aber du hast doch im Chor gesungen auch, oder? Ja, genau, mhm, in der Schule. In, in der Schule und, hast und auch, auch in der Kirche. Kirche. Ja, okay. Mhm. Genau, cool. Und du hast ja auch in der Marching Band gespielt. Ja, das habe ich auch nicht erwähnt. Ja, genau, klar. Also das heißt Melophone, was ich damals im March, in der Marching Band gespielt habe. Das ist sozusagen die Marching-Version von, von einem Horn. Also es schaut okay. wie eine große Trompete aus. Ah, okay. Das wusste ich gar nicht, dass du da was anderes naja. gespielt hast. Okay, naja. cool. Ja, ähm ich <lacht> spiele Klavier, mache ich aber auch nicht mehr so viel. Also ich, ich verlerne es irgendwie nicht. Aber ich habe in der zweiten Klasse angefangen, Klavier zu spielen. Ich fand aber Klavierunterricht immer nicht so cool. Also ich habe es trotzdem relativ lange gemacht. Ähm, und habe dann irgendwann angefangen, Klavier zu spielen und zu singen dazu. Ich habe auch viele Lieder geschrieben, als ich so in der Pubertät war. Ähm, habe dann irgendwann damit aufgehört, was eigentlich voll schade ist. Aber so als ich so mhm. 15, 16, 17 war, habe ich echt einige Songs geschrieben, die teilweise, wenn ich sie jetzt mir anhöre, gar nicht so schlecht sind. Ähm, also teilweise auch Lyrics auf Englisch und so, wo ich mir denke, hey, das macht sogar Sinn. Eines Tages solltest du die äh, veröffentlichen. Ja, naja, ob sie so gut sind, weiß ich jetzt auch nicht. Aber halt so, dafür, dass ich sie einfach nur alleine für mich im Keller geschrieben habe, sind sie gar nicht so schlecht. Ähm, mhm. Genau, und ich versuche es eigentlich immer noch ähm, ab und zu zu machen, weil es mir halt mega Spaß macht. Meine Familie ist auch sehr musikalisch. Ähm, wir haben auch über Weihnachten zusammen, also mit meinen Eltern, haben wir einfach so eine kleine Family Band angefangen, so Cover-Songs gemacht, einfach nur, um halt Musik zu machen. Also einfach nur, um mhm. was zu üben, um wieder besser zu werden und so. Ähm, aber leider komme ich nicht so oft dazu, wie ich mir das gerne wünschen würde. Ja, genau. das ist jetzt also Für mich ist Antwort. Musik voll, voll der, wie sagt man denn, ähm, Outlet. Ja, ich weiß auch nicht, Für wie man Emotionen und so. Ja, genau. Ventil, Ventil. Ja, würdest Ventil, du sagen, ja, also auf Deutsch. Voll das Ventil, also mhm. für meine Emotionen und so. Also, das habe ich jetzt mittlerweile ein bisschen durch Sport bzw. so Joggen ersetzt, aber das ist nicht das Gleiche. Also, wenn man joggen geht, dann ist man nicht unbedingt kreativ oder hat zumindest nicht ja. das Gefühl, dass man was was schafft, keine Ahnung. Ja. Ähm, 
Aber das würde ich gerne wieder, wieder anfangen. Voll. Ja, ich auch. Also bei mir ist es genauso. Ich bin auch früher heimgekommen von der Schule und habe mich einfach ans Klavier gesetzt und habe dann irgendwie erstmal zwei Stunden irgendwelche Sachen gespielt, ob es jetzt irgendwelche eigenen Songs oder Cover-Songs. Ich hatte dann manchmal einen mhm. Ohrwurm in der Früh, dann hatte ich den ganzen Tag den Ohrwurm und dann musste ich nach Hause kommen, mir die Akkorde raussuchen und dann das Lied spielen und dazu singen. Mhm. Ähm, ich habe das Gefühl, bei mir ist es auch ein bisschen dem geschuldet, dass ich halt viel meiner Kreativität jetzt auf meinem YouTube-Kanal und so weiter ja verbrauche schon. Ich, ich will nicht mal sagen rauslasse, sondern ich brauche das so ein bisschen auf und dann habe ich gar nicht mehr so viel Kreativität übrig, sondern dann will mhm. ich einfach nur nicht mein Hirn anstrengen danach ja. und das finde ich eigentlich manchmal schade. Ich würde gerne auch wieder mehr Kreativität in andere Sachen reinstecken. Genau, voll und Sorry, ja, ja. Nee, nee, ich wollte <lacht> wollt nur sagen, in meinem Fall ist es so, ähm, also das Hauptproblem und ich ist wahrscheinlich mit ein Grund, warum ich das, also weil, weil warum ich heutzutage nicht so, so oft Musik mache, ist, dass die Instrumente, die ich gespielt habe, habe ich immer von der Schule bekommen, so ausgeliehen. Mhm. Ähm, und die sind schon ziemlich teuer. Also ein Horn kostet mehrere Tausende Euro. Und ähm, ob ich unbedingt Geld dafür ausgeben will, das ist eine andere Frage. Und auch vor allem, wenn man Horn spielt oder irgendein Blasinstrument, das ist extrem laut und da freuen sich die Nachbarn dann auch nicht, wenn du das spielst. Ja. Ähm, also das habe ich immer im Hinterkopf gehabt. Ja. gehabt. Okay, that was a pretty long response. Oh no, we're gonna, <lacht> we're gonna have to translate all of that. <lacht> no, let's try and summarize it at least. Yeah. Uh, so Josh, what did you say? I basically said that I um, grew up singing, I started when it came to instruments um, with trumpet and played that for a few years. And then in seventh grade, I started playing French horn. Um, and then I also played upright bass for a bit. Um, I miss playing music. I don't do it too often nowadays. Um, definitely like an outlet for my emotions that I feel like I'm missing. Um, but um, given to the fact or because of the fact that it, the instruments that I played are relatively expensive and I also always had the instruments from school, so I never really had to pay for one. Um, that, that has something to do with why I think I don't play them anymore. Yeah. Well, I said that I started playing piano in second grade and then did that for a while with lessons and everything. I didn't really love the lessons. At some point, I just started like more just... Uh, playing piano and singing to it, so more like covering pop songs and things like that. Um, so I always like sang too. I think I sang in like a little like choir, like in elementary school or like before elementary school. It was mm -hmm. outside of school, just like most things are outside of school in, in Germany. Didn't even mention that in the German part of this. Um, <clears throat> and then I also kind of like stopped doing that a lot. I used to like write songs myself too when I was a teenager. Um, also just like as an outlet, I would come home from school, just play for a few hours, just really enjoy it. Um, and I don't really do that a lot anymore either, which I also regret. I really want to do it more. Um, my family's really musical too, is what I said. And what I didn't mention actually, which also has to do with being musical, I always danced too. I danced mm -hmm. ballet for... Um, six years or something and then I danced hip-hop until I graduated high school and um, even after that I try here and there to like dance a little like go to like hip-hop classes I also did some ballroom dancing and just in general I miss all of that actually and I wish I had yeah. some more time um, hopefully now that COVID is almost over I can take that as motivation to like get back mm -hmm. into things because I always miss it I miss not doing it but for some reason I just don't have like literally don't have the time right now um to do these extra things but yeah that's that's what we basically what we said so um, yeah basically yeah we are definitely both musical so our last question that we're going to answer this episode is from george emini 
and he says that sounds like BMW drivers are the same in the U.S. and Germany. Changing the subject, you're both very fluent with your second languages. Are you equally fluent reading and writing them? That is a good question. And what do you have to say to it, Faley? Um, I would say it's it's different. Um, I've never really thought about it like this, but I would say I am um, almost more fluent writing it. Like when I write a paper or something, just because I have time to think about my sentence structure mm-hmm. and looking up words, hardly, I feel like in most cases, I mean, I'm maybe not the one to judge, but I want to say that like after I work on it for enough time, people cannot tell that I'm not a native mm-hmm. speaker. Um, so I would say like in writing, I can be more fluent just because I have the more the, the time and the resources to um, yeah. get to that point. And I do have the like I do have the feeling for the language to do it. I just sometimes like am lacking a word or just need to yeah. think about it for longer. When it comes to reading, I would say I'm not as not as fluent for some reason. That's how I feel too, and I and I think it would make sense. I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, it's all good. Um, I I. I I would say I would agree when I'm writing and I have time, like every once in a while I have to look up a word, um, but I'm using my own toolbox of the words that I know that are part of my active vocabulary and what I hear around me. Um, so, and I also don't really write formal texts very often. Um, but when it comes to reading, I feel like I come across words that I don't know more often. Yeah. Um, I'm actually current and I'm trying to work on it too. I'm actually currently reading. Um, I can't see it. Oh, Patrick Süßkind, das Parfüm. Okay. Yes. So I, I'm actually working on trying to improve my my vocabulary, like somewhat actively by reading more in German. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I definitely feel like I write more fluently than I read. Yeah, same. I would I would say like I'm most fluent in writing, then second in speaking, and then least fluent in reading, which is weird because mm. you. Like, at least for me, I feel like it shouldn't really be like that. But even when I just read newspaper articles or something, it's just, I can read it, I can understand it, but it costs, it's like more effort is more involved effort. in it. Yeah, for me. Yeah, like, I, I, I prefer I, reading newspaper articles in German still. I'm 100% the same way. I I like reading the German newspaper because it's, I won't say it's a challenge, because like you said, I understand, even if I don't understand specific words, I'll understand the general context of what they're saying. Um, But the only thing I would switch is I would say I feel more fluent when I'm speaking than when I'm writing because I definitely think more when I'm, I'm, when I'm writing and I second guess myself a lot more. Mm -hmm. If I'm speaking, I'll just speak and hope for the best. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when I'm writing, I get really over analytical. Yeah, I guess like it kind of depends on how you define the term fluent, because when I think of it, um, like when I used to be in grad school here in the U.S. and I had to write papers in English, I just feel like I was able what we said earlier, like I wasn't as confined. I was able to actually say exactly what I wanted to say Mm. with the exact Mm -hmm. right vocabulary, like on point. This is exactly the um, the nuance that I want to get in the sentence. And that's exactly what I got out of it in the end. So that makes me feel just Mm -hmm. more like happier with what I put on paper than what I probably would have said orally in that situation because I wouldn't have had Mm -hmm. the time to come up with these words, if that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. And we also have two very different backgrounds. So with you being in the humanities more than I, and I'm more in the technical side of things, there are a lot of situations where I feel really confined at work by not being able to express myself the way I want, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to writing. If I'm having to write a detailed email about a technical topic to a customer, Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel very uncomfortable with that sometimes because yeah. German has very specific words for very technical things, whereas in English, it's much more common to use more general terms, and one term has a lot more meaning, can have many meanings, whereas Germans like to have the exact proper term. That's true, um, and, yeah. And in that sense, I definitely feel like I'm more fluent when I'm speaking because if I don't know the word, it's easier just to describe it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I think that answers the question. And that yes. also kind of ties back into our overall topic of the episode about having different personalities. Like we said, sometimes you just feel a little bit more confined, maybe a little dumber even in mm -hmm. one language, just because you feel like you can't express all your thoughts just as well as you would in your native language. But yeah, with that said, um, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as we said earlier in the episode, feel free to comment down below what your experiences are with this topic or with people around you in your social environment, how you observe other people acting differently in different languages yeah. and in different cultures. Yeah, please make sure to let us know in the comments. Um, if If you want to let us know and you aren't listening on YouTube, the best way to do that is to reach out to us via the email address we have set up, which is understandingtrainstation at gmail.com. In addition to that, we also have an Instagram set up where you can send us a message and every once in a while we'll post something. Um, that is instagram.com slash understandingtrainstation or just look up understandingtrainstation in the Instagram app. Now that you How said that, I'm just going to... Now that you said Instagram, I'm just going to uh, post yes, a story do. right now in this very moment. Well, you guys can't hear Josh on on the Instagram story. But because you can see me headphones. waving. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Um, greetings from a live recording. Well, not a live recording, but you're live in the recording of the new episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's going to go on. Instagram here in a second. If you guys want to support our podcast, you can do so by um, joining our Patreon family. It's patreon.com slash understanding train station. It's going to be a monthly um, subscription, basically, where you can choose the price that you want to pay. And then you get some weekly bloopers off the episode recordings. And then you can also get to attend our monthly hangout sessions where you can just hang out with us digitally, ask us yes. questions, talk about these kind of topics with us more in depth. Um, yeah, and every now and then we just post some other behind-the-scenes content on there too. And you can also message us on there. And then if you want to support us but don't want to do the subscription kind of thing, you can also just buy us a coffee or a beer on buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. And the new thing this week is that you can also buy our merch now. Yes. If you just go to feliefromgermany.com because it's technically my YouTube channel merch website, but I also put some Understanding Train Station merch on there because, you know, why not? Um, you can buy T-shirts that say, I only understand train station. You can uh, buy stickers or a coffee mug and support us that way, too. And I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has subscribed to us on YouTube. We just recently saw that we passed 10,000 subscribers, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. We never mentioned that. Oops. No, we never did. <laughs> so we saw we saw it like a couple weeks ago, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oops. I think that was already, we already had 10,000 for yes. the last episode, I think. But yes, thank you guys. That's like a really, really cool milestone. It's like, It's insane. Yeah. So thank you for for your support. And if you're not subscribed on the YouTube channel, make sure to do so. 
Yeah, even if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now, go over to the YouTube channel. It's also linked down below in the episode description. You could just click on it. Hopefully, it should open the YouTube app on your phone. Um, and then you can just hit the little subscribe button. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for all of your support. Uh, and we're going to be back with a new episode in two weeks with another guest. Yes, we will see you guys there. Bye.